Blog Talk Radio. Love you guys. Yeah. Great show. Woohoo. Oh. oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> this is Rob. Uh, that was our live studio audience here in our midtown Manhattan offices. As you all know, we broadcast from the Big Apple down here in New York City. We have a big, beautiful, plush office down here, so I invite you all to come sometime. Uh, well, call first. Yeah, don't call. Forget about that. Anyway, again, this is Rob. This is Spotlight on Success. I have a, a guest booked, and he's not here yet. Uh, I must have got caught up in the midtown Manhattan traffic. Sometimes that can be a bear, you know? All I'm saying. But uh, I'll give him a shout-out anyway, and hopefully he'll call in within the next half hour. And we'll be able to put him right on there. I just uh, emailed him a few minutes ago, and I thought he was ready to go. But those best-laid schemes, you know, Lice and Men reference there, for those of you who managed to succeed despite the current conditions in the public school systems. Of course, I joke when I say that. The public school is really not that bad. I have to be honest with you. Look at our schools, and, and we want to compare them to all these other schools, and what's your ranking, and how many kids do you have in the freaking advanced programs, which is a bunch of BS. All the teachers and everybody act like that's like the God's gift to the world. The fact of the matter is, here's the deal, okay? Here's the real deal on the AP stuff for the public schools. And I'm not going to tell anybody not to do it, okay? But but there, you, back in the day... <laughs> Well, if we walked to school barefoot, both ways we went uphill. That's no lie. You can Google that. <laughs> no, let's get if you Google that. Don't Google anything I tell you to Google. I'll tell you what, Google everything I tell you to Google, and here's the disclaimer. God only knows what you're going to get if you add the wrong word or you leave something out or whatever. So, So whatever I tell you to Google, do it precisely as I say. And don't add any any you know buzzwords or anything, but but do it. But just again, the disclaimer is: you never know what you're going to get. Mom always said, "Black blacks, black chocolates." Anywho, so where was I? Oh yeah, Tangent City. That's where I am. Oh, back to the school systems. This AP. Here's the secret with the AP stuff. All right, I'm going to tell you right now. Anybody tells you any different? There. First of all, everyone who's going to inform you about the AP stuff, the advanced placement stuff for the, your high school kids, they give them this test. This test determines if they're qualified to be in the advanced placement. Well, first of all, my, my first question is, why is it that my kid's performance in the first six years of his or her, I have a boy and a girl, it was first it was him and now it's my daughter, Abigail. She just had a birthday yesterday, by the way. Um, uh, happy birthday, Abigail. If you ever hear this, I hope you don't. Um, subpar radio here, but anyway, uh, back to my last tangent, <laughs> if you look at this thing, like I said, two kids, and and the, and the people in the school are all about, like, oh, I'm going to push you, we're, we're going to push, they act, they act like they, they, they play a good game, they act like they don't want to push you into advanced placement, but the way it's set up is like, it looks like, to me, when it's done, it looks like a, a reward system for 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 all your efforts up to this point. So, okay, so they give them a test. It's not a horrible idea. 
I don't care, whatever. Give the kids a test. Give them the test all day long. I told my daughter, because they don't have to take it. I said, take it. Take the test. I mean, what the heck? It, it kind of stinks because if it says, oh, you're not qualified to be in advanced placement, it's kind of a, I don't know, uh, kind of a buzzkill sort of a deal. But if you do qualify to be in advanced placement, okay, whatever, we'll talk about it then. We never really talk about it because, like probably all of you out there in, in the world who have kids, nobody listens to me anyway, so it doesn't matter. But here's the thing. Here's the skinny on the advanced placement. When the school system itself can get, the more kids they can get into advanced placement, uh, and, and I don't know how they score it. There's a scoring system. The more kids they can get into advanced placement, the better that is for the school because the school gets the school gets ranked when they do these school rankings, and we're 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 up here in upstate New York, but and not for nothing. We are in a really good school system, but they, being a good school system, they know how to play this game better than anybody else. Okay, they know how to play the game and they play it very well. The game is the more kids you can get into the advanced placement program, the higher you're going to rank on this overall listing of schools that comes out every year. So they act like, oh, if your if your if your children don't want to be in advanced placement, that's okay, you know. But the the, the basically in a nutshell, because somebody's on the phone, I'm I'm going to take a call here in a minute. Uh, looks like our guest Kevin, so we're going to have him here. But in a nutshell, the advanced placement thing is really just a way for the school system to look like they're better than than everybody else. It's really a, a way to get them on this list of of the quote unquote top schools. In, in the long run, when your kids do AP, they say, well, recruiters for colleges, one of the things they say, they look for people who have AP. But the reality is that when all is said and done, you're doubling up on classes. Unless you're maintaining like an A or a perfect average and doubling up on classes, I don't see how it's useful. Because the fact of the matter is, you're not even a whole year ahead of the game when you get into the college. And let's face it, most kids are going to a, a local college, you know, a a college where it's, it's <laughs> there's no recruiters at, the, at a lot of the colleges. It's just like you just get in. So the whole thing is really, it's a kind of a scam. I'm going to take this phone call now, and I think it's our guest, Kevin. I'm going to bring him in here with us. If all goes well here, and this wonderful technology called Blog Talk Radio functions as it's supposed to, then we have Kevin Nelson on the phone. Are you there, Kevin? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? I'm good. Good, Kevin. Good. I'm glad you came. I was a little worried about you there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I was just stuck in traffic. It just got to a stable location. Ah, uh, see, that, that's it right there. Kevin's a great game player here. <laughs> Thanks for that, uh, Kevin. It's fantastic. Yeah, we, you know, I was saying this. Maybe we're, we're, of course, both in this Midtown Manhattan office. Kevin's really not. It's just me in the Midtown Manhattan office. But we try to pretend like we have guests in the office here. So, so let's go with that. I'm glad you could make it, Kevin. I'm glad um, to be here. Very good. Kevin J. Nelson. And um, if you Google your name, it comes up with – I just want to make sure I'm not sending people wrong place. If you Google your name, it comes up to your Twitter account and, and Facebook account. It looks like at the top of the list. That is you, right, Kevin J. Nelson? Is yes. that at Kevin J. Nelson on Twitter? Yes, yes. That's good. Yes. Okay. So we'll reference that then. I was just kind of Googling some things here to look you up, make sure that – you know, actually, my or not, Kevin, I actually, actually, um, I Actually, I have two Twitters. One of them is I am Kevin J. Nelson, and the other okay. one is I'm on top of my game. Those are my two Twitter accounts. I like that one. That's a great one. There. Very nice. All right. 
So Kevin, so so um, so usually I would introduce you at the top of the show. That's all right. We had a little chit chat here about about this whole. My kids, I have eighteen year old, and and my my daughter just turned twelve yesterday, actually. And uh, I was talking a little bit about this advanced placement stuff. Uh, it's really just a way for the school to to get higher up on the rankings. But that's a, a conversation for another time. <laughs> so you you Kevin yourself now now you're you're um kind of a bio chief that I went over. It is like really you're kind you're kind of a jack of all trades, and it looks like you're also a master of these trades because you've got a lot of experience both from the. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, a lot of these people that are that that, that are uh, famous Hollywood types and and people who who have careers in music and stuff like that, they could really use you because they burn through money like it's candy. And you you have that you have the business savvy as well as the industry savvy. Um, and the financial thing in one package, and I'm going to tell everyone right now who's listening: if, you, if you're somebody who's going, who's going to make your first million dollars, you need to call Kevin because you're going to burn through it in about one year and have nothing left, and you'll probably owe taxes. Am I wrong about that, Kevin? I, I agree 100%. In fact, that's how I actually got into the whole financial consulting thing. You know, um, growing up in the music industry and having a lot of friends that was making multi-million dollars. Um, you know, some making as much as, you know, fifteen, twenty million dollars a year and I found that they were either having tax problems, they were filing BK, you know, just yeah. the stories that you hear about all the time. In fact I just got finished doing an article yesterday for a magazine just touching on that exact subject. You know, how yeah. so many especially entertainers and athletes, they make all of this money and then they end up having financial problems. Rather it's their yeah. fault or the fault of the person that they have advising them, they still find themselves in bad situations. So just being around that and, you know, always having an, an interest in financing and entrepreneurship since I was very young, you know, mm-hmm. I figured that that would be a good place for me to start. So, you know, once I went to school, I majored in business administration with a minor in finance, and I started basically just, as a favor, advising a lot of my friends in the entertainment industry, and from there, you know, it pretty much grew. And you know, I went from went from there. You know, started off. Got, you'll find a lot of people that have lots and lots and lots of money have terrible mm-hmm. credit. Believe it or sure. not, you know, more right. people that I have do. a lot of money have terrible credit than the people that don't. <laughs> it's, sure. it's very very interesting. So. You know, that's just kind of like how I got into this whole financial consultant aspect of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, if you can combine those talents, that's a wonderful thing. And the fact of the matter is that, and and I'm and I don't even blame these these guys. That in some sense, I don't. I mean, you know, got to take responsibility for your own actions. But in some sense, I I understand. Trust me, I understand the concept of, hey, you know, I, I I'm a say an engineer or, or whatever the field is. I'm a musician. I'm a brilliant musician. I'm a brilliant engineer. I'm a brilliant computer guy. I'm a brilliant whatever it is and then follow it up with, but I'm not so good with the, with the math and the numbers and the finance and, and the spending the money in a reasonable fashion. is is pretty common, I think, amongst that's, everybody, really. That's very true. And then also when you're dealing in the industries where there's large, large, large sums of cash, like um, just as an example, you know, you have artists like Lady Gaga that's, being paid in cash sometimes six or seven hundred thousand dollars. Sure. In cash in cash money for a performance. You know, it's <laughs> sometimes it, it it becomes hard to keep track yeah. of those type of you know, type of things. Mm-hmm. And when you're touring and you know, you're writing songs and different things like that, 
you know, it's, it really is hard. So, you know, you need somebody that's actually going to be in your corner that's not trying to steal your money, you know, that's right. generating money on their own based on their expertise that can really advise you, you know, correctly. I mean, even as far as the tax issues that a lot of artists and sports figures and things fall into, Part of the reason why is because they're not getting some of the deductions that they should have because they're not properly structured. That's where the whole corporation thing comes into play because there's nothing wrong with tax avoidance. That's the big difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion. There's no law that says that you have to pay X amount of dollars in taxes. Now, that's a totally different show, but, you know, that's one of the things that I really, really stress to my clients is tax strategies where they can basically lower their tax racket because nobody wants to work and give away most of the money that they make. I mean, you know, and that's in any industry. So, Sometimes right. people just and go about it, go about not doing it the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. And and this whole this whole deal about listen, I don't care if you make ten dollars an hour or a thousand dollars an hour. If you get it in cash, it's very difficult to stay stay current on your taxes. And 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 as you well know, I'm sure you would never tell anybody to do this, but I'm I'm sure I certain percentage of the time, tell me if you agree with this or not, Kevin, but some percentage of the time, these guys want to not have to pay taxes on it. And, and, and again, it's whether it's $10 an hour or $600 an hour or $1,000 an hour, people don't really want to pay taxes. I mean, they want to pay what they consider their fair share, but that's a relative term What's the fair share. Exactly. I mean, you have um, to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, why is it that people like Warren Buffett and people like Bill Gates are mm-hmm. in a 3% tax bracket. It's because of, you know, them having their foundations and just being properly structured and making sure that they're getting all their deductions and things every year. And so many of us are not even aware of some of the things that are available that you can do in order to be able to lower your taxes yeah. so that you don't feel like you're giving away everything that you make. Right. You know, these guys and are in 3%. These guys are in 3% tax brackets and they're billionaires. I mean, Right, right, and and isn't that like a lot of times, and and because of of course it's like for myself and for most average people, you, you're only going on the percentage of what you're paying of the money that you're making on a day to day basis. But the fact of the matter is that people who have more money, disposable income, if you will, somebody once told me there's no disposable income; it's all usable. I'm like, well, you know, listen, once you get up to a thousand dollars an hour, you don't have to call it disposable, but but. Rest assured, you can figure out a way to live without it. But 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 that's exactly. not the point. The point the point to me is you shouldn't you should you should pay your fair share, but you shouldn't just say willy nilly just pay everything they ask. Because sometimes I'm telling you from firsthand experience, sometimes sometimes the tax man asks for too much, or or they try to take too much because they want it as bad. They want your money as bad as you almost more than you do. Exactly. Like I'll give you this example. One of the biggest misconceptions that your average working class citizen has is feeling as though they're getting something at the end of the year when they file their income taxes, not realizing that the money that they're giving you back, that's money that they took out that they should not. That's an overpayment that you made. So you've basically given the IRS an interest-free loan for a year, and you're excited about getting this money back at the end of the year where you could have taken your own money and invested it in your own investment. So, I mean, that's one of the 
biggest misconceptions that, you know, yeah, working class individuals have is really thinking that at the end of the year when they're getting these tax returns back that yeah. they're getting something when in actuality they've basically given someone this money for a year interest free. Exactly. They got robbed because here's the thing. If you bump up, if you have a four oh one K plan and you're not maxed out and your company matches it, you're getting you're getting <laughs> you're getting robbed three ways from Friday because because number one, if you hadn't got that three thousand dollar tax return and that all went to a into some sort of tell me if I'm wrong, you know better than I do. But from my opinion, it'd be like if you took if you took that money, didn't get the tax refund at the end of the year, but all that money went into your four hundred one k plan and your company matches it at fifty percent, and then you make it whatever. Man, say you make five percent a year over without paying taxes on that for twenty years. Well. That $3,000 tax return turned into a $20,000 loss, right? Exactly. Exactly. You said it better. I couldn't say it better. I couldn't say it better. You know, those are just some of the things that I try and advise my clients of and make them aware of. You know, I I try to teach a lot of people in my industry. It's more or less get the clients, have them come to you, spoon feed them so they have to keep coming back to you over and over and over and over again. My philosophy Mm -hmm. is to try and teach my clients so that they don't need my services because there's so many people that do. I'm going to always generate business. So my whole thing is to try and put my clients in a position where they understand once they come Mm -hmm. to me for services and I'm able to teach them some strategies and things that they can implement themselves where they don't need to keep coming back to me or someone else in my industry over and over and over and over again over again because the main thing is to help clients build their wealth. And wow, that's that is prolific. You nailed it right there because I couldn't everybody who I've ever talked to on on Spotlight on Success basically has the same notion as what you just put forth and that was that if you strive to number one you have a passion, number two your real passion isn't to make money. You do want to everybody wants to make money. But your passion isn't the money. Your passion is helping people and educating them so that they're, they don't become reliant upon you. Um, it's good that they know your number and they want to call you, but but you don't try to make them, you don't try to get them in a situation where they have to rely on you for everything. You try to educate them because education is really where it's at. Exactly. So you're trying to educate them and then and then in your mind, so you're working your way out of a contract at the same time you're educating them. However... There's always more stuff to ask about, and, and because you didn't try to keep them, you know, we, you know, you let them wean off from the first thing that you were teaching them. They're going to come back to you for the next ten things too. Exactly, exactly. I mean, which brings me to my book, you know, Corporate Credit Unleashed. I mean, the, the reason why I actually did, I did the book for three reasons. The first reason I did the book, obviously, because as a published author, it instantly makes you an expert in your field. The second reason mm-hmm. is because it opens up more opportunities for myself as far as speaking engagements, seminars, sure. conferences, etc. But the third sure. reason and the main reason why I did it is because I find that so many people need the information, but they can't afford my coaching fees or they can't afford my hourly retainer fees and things like that. So I basically took the knowledge that I have in building corporate credit and I made it available for the individual that's a self-starter, that's motivated, that can take in information and implement it for $20. And these are the same strategies that I use with my own coaching, you know, my own clients that I'm coaching monthly. 
So, I mean, that was really the purpose of me doing the book because I do realize yeah. that, you know, everybody can't afford not only my services but the services from someone that provides a like service. But right. some people are able to read and implement and get the same results themselves. Mm-hmm. And usually those are the people that will, in turn, refer people over to me that can't do it anyway for the same services. Yeah, I mean, once again, you've nailed it. And I expected this from you. <laughs> i got to be honest. I expected to hear everything I'm hearing. So not not, not to make it sound like what you have is on some level, rev, you know, revolutionary and, and, and good stuff. It's wonderful stuff. But, but I mean, you're hitting all the, all the points of, like I said, everybody who I've interviewed has a lot of things in common and successful people. And you probably follow some of the successful things you've seen in, in your life from people in the industry. And that's that when you, like I said, you provide a service, you have a passion, and um, you, you wrote a book because you're right. The, the book is the predominant and and a book is just like an ultimate brochure. You don't need a brochure exactly. because you put all your knowledge into there. So basically what you're doing is you're hitting people at every level. You're helping people who can't afford to pay you. I don't know what your fees are, by the way. I'm going to say $100 an hour. I, I have no idea. I was just presuming. But whatever the fee is, whatever it is that some people get hundreds of dollars, lawyers get hundreds of but guess what? They will also so that, yes, it does it, it does. it benefits everybody. The book benefits everybody because, if I can't afford to pay you to help me out with what I'm doing, and and if I'm a kind of an entrepreneurial spirit, and I want to I want to do what I want to do, but I know I don't know everything, and you can't know everything, and I need somebody like you with your knowledge, then I pick that book up, and I add that to my list because the one thing that entrepreneurs do is constantly feed on information. Uh, exactly, good, bad, or, or indifferent. Yours is great, and and that's good. So yours would be something that I would say if you're an entrepreneur out there, you want to put Kevin's book into like your toolkit because that's that's what they do. So if you're a starter entrepreneur, you don't have any, you don't have any, you know, capital, you don't have initial funding, you look for things like like your book, and and so you can get that knowledge, dig that knowledge out of there, and eventually the entrepreneur digs enough knowledge out, they're going to end up with their own book, which will be their own brochure, and there's nothing more powerful than handing that book out. Uh, on a plane flight to somebody you're talking to or, you know, because everyone has brochures. Everyone can pay to get a brochure because it's all, it's all stuff that somebody else, you have, you know, testimonials and they'll look what, how great that they said this about me, they said that about me. The book is like, here, guess what? Here's a favor. The book is worth whatever the book value is. Let's say it's $20 hard copy. Look, I'm giving this to you as a favor. I'm giving you a gift of knowledge. And I'm saving you twenty dollars on on the on the on the market. And well, guess what? You also you also got the most ultimate brochure out there in their hands in the world, and they're going to share that with other people. And if they're business leaders, boom, you got your marketing campaign. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. books are powerful, and you are. And as consumers, and as and as consumers, you know, I find even myself, you know, I invest in brands and individuals more so than I do a product. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times I look, sure. I mean, you have to, I mean, the best example you can use is McDonald's. You know, McDonald's sure. doesn't have the best burger on the market. No, But it's the brand, it's the it's the Ronald McDonald's, it's the individual that people invest in and have been, yes. been doing so for years. 
you know, and there's several other, you know, products or services that we can use as examples. So sure. one of the things that I've, you know, tried to do as of late is begin to really truly brand myself as an expert in my industry and, you know, build my client based on me where it's not so much about the services, but them knowing that anything that I provide is going to be quality, which is what right. people are looking for, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, and, and and you know the other thing is kind of an aside here is that is that you mentioned McDonald's, and I'll tell you right now that the reason that I go to lunch when I do go um, somewhere for lunch for a meeting or for whatever, um, and this depends too if you're in the size of, the size of your geographic location. Like you know if we're in New York City, which of course I am right now, um, <laughs> you've got a Wi-Fi and and all that stuff on every every corner four times per block. But in some of the more in some of the more like in upstate New York, and up there, which is where I live, which is where I head back to here at the end of the day, um, you're looking at you're looking at you you can't necessarily find a, a Wi-Fi. There's communities up here like like fairly well-to-do communities that still don't have community-wide Wi-Fis, and and so you actually you literally, if you're a business person or if you want to do conduct work or, or monitor things or whatever, monitor servers like I do while you're even on launch or you're at a meeting, McDonald's has the best Wi-Fi of all of the restaurant chains. Yeah. Oh, it it really does. And so it's like, and I remember when I first went to, to McDonald's to use the Internet, I paid this company called Wayport. I think I paid them 10 bucks or something. Um, but, but with the advent of the free Wi-Fi, McDonald's has the most reliable Wi-Fi. At least, again, I, I haven't been all over the country, but in upstate New York, in the central New York area, McDonald's has the best Wi-Fi all over town. So guess what? I'm getting uh, my McDouble <laughs> or my Big Mac. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and then my my dollar large soda, and I'm using the Wi-Fi for for free. So I mean, how do you beat that deal? But yeah, McDonald's is a, just a, just. I mean, honestly, they continue to be geniuses with their marketing and and the whole thing. Like you said, you know. The, the buns, the, the the burgers, there's nothing that great there. Let's face it. I mean, sorry, McDonald's, but your product is not that great. It's addicting. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, for numerous reasons, these brands, I mean, they're smart. And uh, so that's good. I'm glad to hear about the book. And uh, what did you call the What did you say the book? Say the book name again. The book is it, it's Corporate Credit Unleashed. Everything you better corporate know about credit building unleashed. corporate credit. What do I credit. get when I Google that? Are you, are you good Googling that if I type corporate credit unleashed? It should be all over. Yeah, it should be all over the first three or four pages. Good. Okay. Good for you. Good. You have somebody working on that, or do you do that yourself? Because that's pretty, I, I, pretty good, I actually man. Do my own, I actually do my own um, search engine optimization. Wow, you're good. That's fantastic. Wow. So, so school of hard knocks then for you on that, which is paying off. Because yeah, you're here all over the place. I'm looking at it now. That's fantastic. Wow. Well, well you have any have any uh, advice on on search engine optimization or getting high up in the search engines? Well, to start with is social media because they do all of the work for you. Yeah, that's exactly. the very first thing that's very important. Make sure you on all you know Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Because that's going to automatically put you on the first two pages sure. of Google within a couple of days, and then Rated also free pre- free press release. 
um, you know, you want to try to send out a press release on something dealing with your product or your services or even yourself, maybe at least once every couple weeks because that's going to give you that optimization. And then from there, you know, it's going to basically be about the search that's going on based on your product in itself. I mean, that's the quickest way to really remain there and stay there constantly because they're spending spending millions and millions of dollars to basically accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Great advice. Uh, that's great advice. Use other people's stuff. Um, uh, people spend so much on their own websites. And it's okay. You have to have your own hub, your own place and whatnot. But but honestly, like you said, these companies, Facebook, the, the ones we're talking to right now, Blog Talk Radio, they have relationships with Google. So if your stuff is pertinent, it, it, it zooms up to the top. You know, I don't know how this happened because, I mean, you came in about 10 minutes into it. We had a good 20-plus minutes. And we're already down to ninety seconds. Uh, it's amazing. Wow. How time and goes Google time. also has Google also has really they love video content. So YouTube, yeah, you do video YouTube. content. They they love video content. You know. Yeah, they, your YouTube is number three too. Yeah, you do. That's fantastic. Well, you're doing a great job. Keep up the good well, work. I appreciate um, you. I appreciate you having me. Definitely. Um, it's been a long time coming, and hopefully, you know, I can get back in the future at some point in time. I would love to have you back anytime. Anytime you let me know when you're available, we'll have you back on the show because you're a wealth of knowledge and you're a brilliant business person, and we appreciate you. Kevin J. Nelson, everybody, Google his name. Google uh, Google the uh, Corporate Credit Unleashed, right, Kevin? Yes, Corporate Credit Unleashed. Google that. Um, Kevin's all over the place. So obviously Kevin's a brilliant entrepreneur. He's a good business person. He knows how to get his name in Google. Uh, he's perched up a top 173,000 results. Um, and I suspect that a good chunk of those are probably you, but then there's other stuff that comes up as well. As you well know, it's hard to compete in Google. But Kevin figured it out. Ten seconds left here. Thanks for coming in, Kevin. We want to have you back as soon as possible. Um, Thanks for having me. Up good work, man. It. You're doing a great, great job. You too. Keep it up. You're All right. Take care, Kevin. Thanks for coming in. Bye-bye.